four is here and you need to set your lineup and you're starting to tinker with do i start this wide receiver or do i start this wide receiver well this video will help you because these are the 10 wide receivers you have to start and sit for week four we are beginning with the rookie romeo dobbs in green bay who this week is a must start because he's a top 20 wide receiver in my rankings and projections and he had his breakout game if you will last week when he catches 100 percent of his targets all eight of them 73 yards and a touchdown and he also earned two other targets that were called back by penalty so 10 targets from rogers in this one but here's the big thing he did it against the bucks secondary and their entire defense is great but let's take a look at how good the secondary is so far this season the bucks ranked second overall this is including playing romeo dobbs last week and he was still able to break through in coverage and this is something they've been doing for years now is being strong in that secondary especially their safeties now this past week we saw a little bit of a passing of the torch if you will romeo dobbs he ended up leading the team in routes he stayed out there over alan lazard for one wide receiver sets and this ended up leading to him seeing eight technically 10 targets if you count those two passes that were called back for penalty compared to alan lazard six and he was seeing some downfield usage as well and his toughest matchup of the season is now behind him in the bucks which he conquered and he has a really good one this week and that's because he faces the new england patriots who ranked 28th in coverage so far this year they have not been good they lost jc jackson in this offseason of free agency and a bunch of other pieces it's nowhere near the same secondary that we're used to from a couple years back and now the way this packers offense has been set up so far it's just quick passes but dobbs has all that downfield upside because in college that's exactly what he was doing 17.3 yards perception is elite 14 yards perception is well above average his final two years in college he's earning targets they're going to start to come downfield which is where those 100 yard games will come from so start him with confidence but then sit this next guy and that would be the washington commanders wide receiver terry mclaurin and yes this may sound crazy but he's a sit this week and let's break it down based on his usage mclaurin currently ranks 50th in expected fantasy points so far to this part in the season which is predictive of what the future success is going to be which ranks around guys like Devonte parker traquan smith and his teammate Jahan dotson so if you're thinking about starting those guys then maybe you want to start mclaurin depending on your league size but odds are you're not starting traquan smith this week and mclaurin is obviously a great receiver but here's the issue with his usage he's seeing downfield targets which normally is fantastic seven deep targets ranked second in the nfl this is targets of 20 plus yards but there is a major concern and that major concern is his quarterback who ranks below average in deep ball percentage and when he's pressured ranks 30th this year and they're allowing a lot of pressure and you saw that last week when the eagles sacked carson wentz nine times this is the concern it's that terry mclaurin is seeing the downfield usage but primarily just the downfield usage because curtis samuel is operating on all the underneath easy catches your catch and run yards after the catch whereas right now 19.6 yards perception is an elite number but it's more so like an mvs style player and mvs the former packer and now the chiefs receiver he's kind of a boom bust player and that's what mclaurin is turning into except he doesn't have the most consistent quarterback in wentz and his divisional matchup this week is sneaky not good for his role you see he'll face the dallas cowboys who have only allowed 435 yards through three games to all receivers they've faced and they've only allowed two catches to be completed of 20 plus yards which is where all of mclaurin's usage is coming from right now so consider sitting mclaurin and starting this next guy over him and that's bill's wide receiver gabe davis who finds himself in an elite matchup versus the ravens as you can see from stat muse the ravens have allowed the most passing yards this season uh, with almost 1100 they've allowed actually right now 29 percent more than any other team the next closest team the dolphins it's pretty dang crazy the dolphins have allowed over 150 less yards than the ravens that's how much this banged up secondary has just been leaking yards to the passing game and two wide receivers and now gabe davis played through injury in week three and that's why he didn't produce and on the early injury report this week like last week he has been limited with this ankle injury we'll have to track this maybe if he can get a full participation and then we feel really good about his overall status but here's the issue with what happened last week it was reported that davis wasn't supposed to play anywhere near
anywhere near as much as he did. But the reason that he played 87 snaps and led the team with 70 rounds is because this guy at the bottom of the screen, the former Green Bay Packer, Jay Kumaru, was expected to play a lot more in this one because Davis was dealing with injury. But Kumaru ended up getting hurt, so Davis was forced into the outside role, a spot where Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder don't play as well as he does. And now even banged up, Davis was able to earn six targets. It was only a 10% target rate, so not the greatest. But here's what he's done as a starter in his career. If we look at all the games where he's basically played starter snaps, it's 13. He's averaged 12.8 fantasy points, which is definitely starter worthy in most of your fantasy leagues and at the very least a flex spot. And he's averaged nearly seven targets per game and he's only going to get better as he has more experience with Josh Allen in this offense he's somebody that I'm playing assuming that he's going to be healthier this week and believe it or not you should start this next Giants wide receiver and that would be Richie James who profiles out as of right now to be the Giants number one wide receiver and that's because Sterling Shepard is done for the season with an ACL injury sadly and then you have guys like Wondell Robinson the rookie who will probably miss a couple of more weeks and Kadarius Tony continues to deal with injury he did not practice to open up the week this week if these guys all miss again so really it comes down to Tony here Richie James is going to be the number one because there's only other competition is David Sills, who's mainly like a preseason player, and then Kenny Galladay. Galladay's usage has been weird. Week two, he only plays two snaps, runs two routes. Last week, even when they're down a bunch of bodies, Sterling Shepard gets hurt. They don't have Kadarius Sonia or Ronald Robinson. Galladay's still only playing 32% of the snaps, so still operating as a backup. He'll probably have to see more snaps now, but they don't want to use this guy, which says a lot about how he's probably handling himself because he was paid a lot of money. They're incentivized to use him. Now, so far in the season, Richie James has developed a nice connection with Daniel Jones. He's averaged at least five targets in each of these games, and this last one was the big one. He went from running only 21 routes a game to now running 38 routes and this number is going to hold sticky no matter what this week because of the Sterling Shepard injury so you're going to want to start him he's a top 30 ranked wide receiver actually top 25 in my rankings right now and he also has a good matchup because he'll face the Bears secondary that ranked 23rd right now in coverage and they're allowing wide receivers to put up points at a top 10 rate per route this is very good for Richie James so consider him especially in your flex and then sit this AFC wide receiver and that would be Rashad Bateman yes Rashad Bateman who is probably like a fifth or a sixth round pick for you I'm considering him a sit this week because he currently ranks 61st in expected fantasy points to this point in the season, meaning that based on the usage he's seeing, he's putting up, on average, the 61st performance over these first three weeks and moving forward if the usage doesn't change. This is in the same range as his teammate Devin Duvernay, who's basically surviving on touchdowns, and Ashton Doolin. But the problem for Rashad Bateman is he's not surviving on touchdowns and he's not getting that usage. Now let's break down this usage so you can actually see how concerning it is. So to start, he's only averaging 5.3 targets per game. And now with J.K. Dobbins back, this team is likely to run the ball a little bit more. Lamar is running the ball a ton and you have Mark Andrews operating as the clear number one receiver. So this is a concern. I don't know how this is going to come up all that much. And the bigger concern, unlike Devin Duvernay, who has a couple of touchdowns this year and a couple of red zone targets, there's no red zone usage so far. It's a small sample of three games. I expect him to see some red zone targets, but you would have liked to see them prioritize him so far to this point there. They haven't. And the bigger issue is he's seen as the wide receiver one here, but this is clearly Mark Andrews role. Because if you combine the tight ends and the wide receivers fantasy points so far this season, Mark Andrews is a top 10 player, even including all of the wide receivers. He's by far the number one receiver here in what seems to be more of a run first offense and he's playing his best role he ever has he doesn't leave the field he's running around on 97 percent of lamar jackson's dropbacks in the past this number was like 80 percent, which would mean that bateman could see more usage as the wide receiver one on the field not happening this year and bateman himself is actually the one coming off the field more and more this season which is pretty concerning bateman has only ran around on 80 percent of lamar jackson's dropbacks which ranks 60th amongst all receivers so how can you be a starting number one receiver if that's your usage and it's only leading to 23 routes run per game it's difficult to have these massive performances unless you're doing 
hitting it on five targets like he did week two which is not sustainable and not going to be consistent when you're only running 70 routes on the year that's a concern and then you throw on to the fact that his week four matchup against the buffalo bills isn't good because the bills have been playing banged up they have lost guys for the season that are important to their secondary their safeties right their elite safeties have been banged up and they still rank top eight in coverage that's how good this scheme is and they allow the seventh fewest fantasy points to the wide receiver position allowing just 430 yards through the first three games total so this all boils down to sitting bateman and then honestly you might want to consider starting this next guy and he's been an absolute letdown but it's dj Moore, and it's now or never for him and it has nothing to do with his skill set as to why he's a letdown it has everything to do with one his coaching staff they rank 31st in passing offense after ranking 32nd in passing offense with a different quarterback last year this starts to come and point the finger from the quarterback situation in sam Darnold and baker mayfield to the coaching staff and what their schemes are right now and then yes we can't let baker mayfield off the hook completely here because he hasn't been good either baker currently ranks 30th in quarterback efficiency and 31st in true completion percentage i mean this is a concern he's operating as a bottom three quarterback in the nfl right now but let's be fair here the guy is under pressure constantly this offensive line is banged up and it was supposed to be better they spent a top 10 pick on an offensive lineman they ended up investing this offseason in the offensive line and it's still not good 25th in protection rate for baker so when you don't have time to throw it's going to be an issue but baker seems panicked in the pocket so all this is concerning so why is this the week now that maybe dj Moore and everything else gets back on track well it's because he's facing the arizona cardinals who by far rank dead last in coverage in secondary play which means it's going to be even easier for dj Moore to get open here and dj Moore has had no issues getting open this season he's still top 15 in the nfl in target separation versus man coverage meaning that he's getting open and his quarterback's just not getting him the ball more specifically and this is absolutely crazy dj Moore, 50 percent of his targets this year nine of his 18 targets have been not catchable which ranks 92nd amongst all wide receivers and that's really concerning when you consider that he's top 15 at getting open so it's not like the quarterback and baker is trying to fit this into tight spaces no he's actually open out there so if there was ever a week to start dj Moore and then try and sell him high right after this week it's right now and then believe it or not you're going to want to sit garrett wilson and i will fully admit he has been fantastic 24 targets over the last two weeks for the rookie six red zone targets over that time he has been elite so much so that according to expected fantasy points the only wide receivers that have been expected to score more points based on their usage and how good they've been is jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, and Cooper Cup. Oh yeah, all first round fantasy picks basically. And then Garrett Wilson. So why in the world would you consider sitting him this week, Sal? Well, there's a couple of issues here. First off, that 12 target pace over the last two weeks is not going to sustain. The Jets are throwing 52 times per game, which would be an NFL record. And it's 48% more right now than the NFL average. So this isn't going to sustain. This is going to drop basically by like 12 pass attempts a game. And now it's trending that Zach Wilson might return this week, which is a big question mark with how he'll play with Garrett Wilson after he had a connection with Elijah Moore last year and now there's a lot of other pieces here for this scheme in Zach Wilson so less passing a new quarterback and there's actually a third issue he's gonna have his toughest matchup yet because he's going to face the Steelers who their secondary is basically a top 10 unit to this point in the season more specifically when he's in the slot which has been most of his usage so far this year maybe that'll change throughout the season but he'll see Cam Sutton who Cam Sutton has been the Steelers best cornerback so far and he's in the top third of the league in coverage right now 34th out of 109 cornerbacks according to pro football focus which is very good I mean this is on pace to be a top 20 cornerback by the end of the season and Sutton is allowing less than 50 yards per game in coverage which is not great for Wilson so there's a lot of moving factors here which make me want to sit Wilson and then start the Seattle receiver that would be Tyler Lockett who has a fantastic matchup the complete opposite of the rookies matchup in Garrett Wilson Lockett is going to be facing the Detroit Lions that their secondary has been atrocious for years now but they rank 30th again this year through three weeks and based on where Lockett plays in the slot he'll get to avoid their number one cornerback in Jeffrey Okuda and instead he'll see Mike Hughes who as you can see right here according to Pro Football Focus ranks 95th out of 103 bottom 10 in cornerback coverage this year and Tyler Lockett when you factor in his matchup against the other cornerbacks that he'll see in this game it's not likely to be Akuda that will be on DK Metcalf Akuda is a bigger cornerback has to guard the bigger receiver in Metcalf but Lockett right now has the sixth best overall
overall matchup on the weekend. It's actually better than the matchup of Stefan Diggs. It's right around the matchup of Devontae Adams. This is a really good spot for Lockett. He's a must start. And then it's also worth mentioning that he's getting open still and he's running routes, 30 plus routes a week. The Seattle Seahawks actually ran 71 plays last week, by far the most that they've ran in basically two years, which led to 11 targets. He's now seen 22 targets the last two weeks, continue to start it. So you want to grab him and put him in your lineup and you also want to grab this beautiful material. And that would be my weekly cheat sheet, which comes with player rankings and projections, waiver wire tiers, player notes for every single fantasy relevant player, matchup notes, everything you need to know basically to win your matchup each week. And you can get this by clicking the link in the description and following the two simple steps. It's a one-time payment of $10. And here's the big thing. See what's on the screen right now? If you don't win your league, I'll be completely fine 100% refunding you if you would like that $10. So this is risk-free. You don't win your league. You could use the material. You don't win. I'll send you the 10 bucks back. You just reach out to me when that happens. So if you want to join literally the thousands of people using this material to win their leagues each and every week, well, click the link in the description to learn more. And then make sure you consider benching Allen Robinson this week because he has a really difficult matchup against the number one secondary in the NFL right now in the San Francisco 49ers who have currently allowed the second fewest receptions on the season and the second fewest receiving yards just 29 receptions to wide receivers over three games and if anybody's going to get those receptions in this one it's probably Cooper Cup but that's not all the real concern here is what Robinson is doing against man coverage because he currently ranks 70th at separation this was his saving grace last year coming into this year he was still getting open versus man coverage Justin Fields just wasn't hitting him but right now he's not getting open anywhere near it against man coverage and this is leading to him seeing his career low a 13 percent target rate which means he's getting a target on just 13% of his routes. As you can see, it ranks outside the top 90 receivers. This is a major, major issue. So you want to sit Robinson, but then start this AFC stud. And that's Mike Williams, who I'm getting a lot of questions about, very similar to week one. And then week two, he came out and he put up 20 plus points in the first half. Let's see what he did in week three. Week three only puts up eight and a half points and he somewhat saves the day on his six targets. He caught one of them for a 15 yard touchdown. And now it's leading some people to panic about should they trade him. If you're going to trade him, you trade him after a big week, not after he has a bad week. You want to get as much value out of him in any trade player as possible and look everything right now looks great for Mike Williams he actually played his most snaps in that last game he's running 40 plus routes a week he's earning targets still including red zone targets so everything is going to click for him the problem is the injuries on his team Justin Herbert is obviously dealing with injury he did not look great in that last game made a nice throw but didn't look great and now they lost Rashawn Slater probably their two most important pieces on offense but I'm still a believer in big Mike if you want to sell high on him do that after this week because he'll see a lot of the rookie Derek Stingley Jr. who ranks 92nd out of 103 cornerbacks according to PFF which is bottom 10 in the NFL and Mike Williams is also going to have a major advantage over the other cornerbacks Desmond King when he's in the slot and Steven Nelson on the outside because Mike Williams is about six foot four six foot five so he'll have about four to five inches on all the other cornerbacks and he's 220 pounds and as you can see right here the other cornerbacks on this team the biggest one is Desmond King in the slot where Mike Williams won't be all that much he only weighs 200 pounds so he's gonna have like a 20 to 30 pound advantage on all these dudes so make sure you're starting Mike Williams this week and also make sure you understand the running backs you need to play especially when it compares to these wide receivers you want to make sure you're getting the best running backs in your lineup this video right here is going to explain the 10 running backs you need to start and sit before week four begins and if you're not already if you're one of the 60 percent of people who aren't subscribed hit the subscribe button